Hey, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Marissa. And this is Scream Queens. So, y'all, we sorry. We it was spring break. Return from the dead. Pretty much. It was spring break, and we took a sabbatical with the kids. Kind of an unplanned sabbatical, but a much-needed break from our all our jobs. Yep. Besides mommy and. Right. It was really nice, though. We went to the zoo. Mm-hmm. We had, And it was Easter. Yep. We got to see our families for Easter. Our daddy cooked out. We had a, yeah, it was a nice little sabbatical, but while we haven't been able to record, that doesn't mean we haven't been working. Right. So, Marissa, me and Marissa last week, week before last, we were talking about cases, and I was like, we haven't done a serial killer in a while, but I want to, like, you know, let's do a lady serial killer, because, you know, they just don't get enough clout. Like, nobody's talking about the girls out here killing people. What is that one girl's name? Eileen the serial killer that like she was a prostitute and i can't say no, the last I um i can't Not think of thing. any i can't guys my mind's went blank in a minute it's going to come back to me and i'm going to tell you who she is but she gets a lot of recognition for being the first female serial killer but that's not true i, was gonna say, I thought she was she is oh, okay. but she's from so long ago People they don't know a lot about her and have never heard of her really unless you're deep into true crime to killers to Psycho- killers psychopath hey did you hear josh the other day though that he was, was talking yeah was he no it was josh because I, I sent him the link because oh, he was I, like send me the link oh i thought you were talking about no else. it was josh talking about serial killers um so let's talk about bell gunness marissa tell me what when i showed you bell gunness like you had this reaction to her like we've uh, me and her have crossed paths before and Mar- definitely not in this life but maybe another because this heifer would be looking super and we're gonna post familiar. the pictures of her but um she doesn't to me but as soon as marissa saw her picture she's like who is that do we know her and like marissa literally thought it was a photo of someone we knew as she was just glancing over at my phone like it was really creepy and you know me i'd be astro plan somewhere else it, it was really life. it was really creepy the way Marissa did it. So we decided that we were going to double team this one and tell you guys about Belle. We're going to have to stop staring. Me and her have eyes locked Well, right you've now. been looking at her picture like a big eye weirdo. You don't see me looking at her. I'm trying to figure out where I've seen her. I have me no and idea. her have crossed paths. So Belle, the reason that she's, she's from the 1800s. So, I mean, it would make sense that lots of people, I, you know, y'all know me. I love an oldie. And I love to deep dive into it. And most of the time, Marissa already knows this. She just looked at one of my notebooks for another case. Like, I have way more than we ever need. Right. But, like, when I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued. Like, when I want to know, I want to know. Like, I want to know everything. And, like, even though this one's really sad, I still want to know. And it has, like, some sad points in it that you will even feel for Mm. Belle. Mm. No, I promise. There are some sad, early in her life, there are some sad things. And, you know, you can feel bad for that person that was a young child that it happened to or a young adult. Right. But not feel bad for her. Her eyes are so dark and Because I don't ever feel bad for the person that chooses to take someone else's life. But I do sympathize sometimes early in their life when something very traumatic happens to them. And I'm going to tell the first part about her early life. I'm going to tell Marissa because I did early life. Um... And so, Belle was born Brihilder Polster Storseth on November the 11th of 1859 in Selbu, Norway. Norway? Norway. Yeah. She was Norwegian. Hmm. So, she was the youngest daughter of a stoneman who was Paul Patterson Storseth. Yeah, that's what I, I was like. I was, my, I was like, I'm going to blow. Y'all, if I'm butchering it. I'm sorry. Bird it. And then I'm not sure how to say her mother. Yeah, I think. Okay. The yeah, I was like, I already forgot like you guys. <laughs> was her mother. And um, besides telling you that she was their youngest daughter, you don't really know much about her very young life. She lived on a small farm. Like I said, where her dad was a laborer and a stones mason. Um, but Belle grew up strong working on this farm. You do. When you're a farm kid, kid, you can do it. Like, me and Marissa can throw feed, like, in hay bales, like, it ain't nobody's business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have this thing, like, um, when Michael is around to do things for me, I am completely helpless. But when he is not there, I'm like, here, let me throw this hay. Let me throw those big feed sacks off. But, like, at the house, I'm like, "Um, could you pack this basket for me? Would you mind taking my bag to the car? 
Nah, I just do everything myself. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, I have problems, you all. I seen a meme last night with Mona Lisa, and it said instead of asking for help, let me just slay that at right. her face and back. <laughs> her hair was. Gone. I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. me. That's me. That's me. Instead of asking for help. I'll just do it myself. Well, you already know, not to get off topic, but Michael says that I am independent to a fault. And I think that's just because our parents raised us very independent people. Yep. Not to rely on anyone to be self-sufficient. Um, as we talk about my oldest child, though, it's this morning, we may have failed him. So we're still working it out. But anyways, back to Belle. So she's a farm kid, like us, mm-hmm. um, all through her childhood and as a young adult. But Belle was... For her time, beautiful. She was pretty tall. She was 5'9". I've I've read a few things. So there are some discrepancies throughout this whole story. So I'm going to give you guys both the, like, ranges. Because I've seen it in multiple places, which is very common with 1800s cases. Mm -hmm. And some, she's 5'7", which would make her my height. Yeah. And in lots, lots, though, she's 5'9". That's pretty tall. Yeah, I mean, 5'7 to 5'9 in general. Even I'm a lot taller than you. But Colby is taller than me, you guys. Two of my kids about grew me now. They outgrew Marissa a long time ago. Yeah. So, and she was over 200 pounds. Some say, for her height, that's not, that's not bad. But some said she was like 190 to 230. So in that range. But for her height. Because you, because. Me and her could be the same thing. And I and it totally says that different. she was a masculine built. Like, so to me, a fit built. Yeah. She wasn't, and we all know muscle weighs more. So yeah. she was a stout yeah. built 200 pounds. But here's where it comes. Physically she had long strong. blonde hair and an hourglass figure with all that going on, though. So she had no trouble getting the men. She's attractive. Well, she's from the 1800s. But everything that I could read would talk about her beauty into her 40s. So, um... I'm sure, and when her young, long blonde hair and an hourglass finger. I'm sure it was our thing back then. Yeah, exactly. Thick is in these days around here, I hear. Mm-hmm. Finally, I waited my whole life. Shut up, Marissa. Mm. And, but that's all we really know about, like, her early years is her farm life and, like, she was the youngest okay. of four daughters. Huh? Yeah, I was reading. Oh, um, so I'm going to tell you one of the things that has been, well, it's been put in a lot of sources over the years. Um, it can't honestly be 100% verified, but on all the sources, I, it, it is told the, the same way. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that there is some clout to it. And it would make, and when I tell you about it, it would make sense to why she ended up doing what she did. So in 1877, mm-hmm. Belle was coming home from this country dance. Oh, that's where I was just reading. And she was attacked <laughs> on the way home. And she was attacked by a wealth, a man of a wealthy family. Mm. And um, as a result of this attack, um, he had kicked her in the stomach several times and beat her. And um, she was sadly pregnant at the time. Yeah. And this was, like I said, she was only 18 years was old. 18. It was 18, around 1877. She was only 18. Um, it didn't give any information on who the father could have been, would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, because people yeah. weren't as promiscuous back then. But, hey, maybe they were. How do I know? Right. Maybe. I mean, they probably were. It's probably just like today. They just hide it. Right. So, um, but unfortunately, she did suffer a miscarriage from that. Mm-hmm. Even worse, this man's family was wealthy. And he was never, never ever punished. Prosecuted. For, he was never held accountable at yeah. all. Like, it was like, oh, well, sorry. I just can't imagine the trauma you would feel. No. Like someone literally murdered your baby. Well, you know what? Forget I what do. you did to me, but someone murdered your baby. Maybe I am a cyber killer in my head because you know what? No, I just don't know. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about the little things that happened to him though. So, um, could he have been Bell's first victim? He would have been mine. Well, I say this because not long after, he was a healthy man, right? Oh, not yeah. long after the attack, he would die of what they thought at the time was stomach cancer. As a very young man, too. He would be dying. But, um... It's it. And the reason that they believe that, I mean, so many speculate that this Beth could have had something to do with this death also, Mm -hmm. is around, of course, we talked about it. That would be traumatizing. After that trauma, her whole personality changed. But she had a complete shift to how she was. I I could tell you And how she treated men to how she felt about them now. And I think as we see later on, men are exposable and depend, you know, for what you need for them, and then you're done with them because 
I think after suffering that loss, mm-hmm. she truly just grew to hate men. Well, it's traumatizing. Anytime you have something very because like that is happens, yeah. I mean yeah, we all we've all suffered traumas like that. But I mean, it's not just. But it was like a double trauma is what I feel yeah. like for her. And that's why I told you there are parts you're going to feel bad about for the young person that this happened to. Because it's a double trauma. Mm-hmm. Not only did she suffer this great loss, the mm-hmm. person that did this, because they it. had money, was like, oh, well, fuck it. Mm-hmm. You're a nobody and he's a somebody, so you don't matter. Right. So that's just trauma on top of trauma. So did you see the part about her first husband? Married Matt, Mads. Mads, Albert. yeah. Albert. Sorson in Chicago, and two years later, they opened a candy store. Yep, she married him in Chicago in 1884, and he was also of Norwegian descent. Oh, okay. So he was also, like, because at this time period in that area, they had a lot of, like, German immigrants and a lot of German settlers, so she um, was able to marry him. So 1884, they got married. Uh Within two years, they um, settled in Chicago and opened a little candy store. The, sadly, though, this candy store would it. not be as successful as they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And not only were they suffering with that, the business, and they're young, yeah. they're immigrants. Yeah. Their business isn't doing as well as they had planned, which could happen to any of us. I right. mean, and um, they also can't conceive. Mm. Beth, I mean, Beth, Belle had oh. had that awful miscarriage, and now she can't get pregnant. Like, in one, I don't know how true this That's is because she does end up adopting some kids and then giving birth to some also, it is said. But I read from one source that she even got mad because her sister was pregnant and would not give her her baby and, like, cut her sister off for a long time. Because, wow. I mean, but I, she was just, uh, she just wanted, I, I, I guess I can sympathize with, like, her thought process, but you can't just be mad at somebody because they don't want to give you their baby. Would I take some? Yeah. Well, yeah. Would I, I demand it? Never. No, and that was a thing. It wasn't like her sister was like, hey, let me help you, yeah. you know, the same yeah. way that I would help you. Yeah. It wasn't, I can't help you at 40, man. Ten years ago, I could have got you, man, but now I'm just old. But right. it's not the same way as, like, I will help you. I will do this for you. It was like, hey, you're pregnant. I want a baby. I can't have one. Give me yours. Give me yours now. I mean, it was, the de- like you said, it was a demand. It wasn't a request to right. get help or can I help you raise this child or right. would you consider, you know, having one for me? Right. Like, no. So, but, so she would go on to adopt her first daughter, which would be Jenny Olson. Hmm. So, after Jenny, the couple would go on to adopt a couple more kids and we're going to talk about them in a few minutes, but at some point... While they um, were living at the candy, you know, above the candy shop and all of that. Mm -hmm. They were living above the candy shop, running their business, which is very common, as we know, for businesses, especially back then. You lived upstairs, you worked downstairs. Right. Um, And this one truly was one of the only accidents that was truly accidental, supposedly. But Mm -hmm. it's been speculated I don't know if it's accidental because what I'm reading right now. Well, it's two things that say it is or it isn't, but it was very suspicious from the get-go, but I will say this first. Arson yes, or fire was the least suspicious because it was the first, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's why I could think, okay, freak accident can happen. Yeah. But. um, So it burned down. It burned down, and they would get, it was insured, of course, they would get $5,000, which oh. doesn't sound like a lot today. That is a but lot. In that, I mean, it, for a business, it doesn't yeah. sound like a lot. But, but back then, in back then, in those times, definitely. Yes would have been a lot it was actually said to be more money than the candy shop would have ever made in this in the way it was going Mm -hmm. so with this money they were able to move Mm -hmm. and get another house they added of course a few more kids at this point i know for sure i read that they added myrtle and lucy sorensen and um then so here's the thing about her kids it's really unclear about some of the research had four children Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. But we also know there's Jenny and Philip. Philip is a child she would have later on with a second husband. Okay. And Jenny is the child, remember, she adopted first. It's her first kid. So let's say four, but for everything, and you know I did a deep dive. So maybe they had four together. 
and then the other I don't two think she were, birthed four. Well, it says they had four children. The pair uh, had four children. Yeah, but they were they didn't have. She didn't oh, birth okay. them. The only child that is for certain that she that I've read like well, not it's not even for certain, but that has her as is, is Philip, the little okay. boy. Um, but sadly, Caroline and Axel would not survive infancy. And um, did you see? I can't remember what it From was. Acute colitis. Colitis. That's what it was. And at the time, that was going around, and it was rampant, so they believed. And like I said, these were infants. They were both less than a year old, a couple months, one of them was. Um, and they would both go on to die from colitis, but later on, it is believed that she poisoned these children because yeah. she did. Because she collected insurance on both of these children. There's one thing that Belle did. Belle was getting you insured. Insure the business. Insure the babies. Insure it all. We getting paid. Everybody's got the insurance. I can't like, I, I mean, my kids have insurance, I, but my I, kids have insurance, and we just pay medical, it and go on, but, but it's I, just... I can't bear myself to I understand. feel like I'm planning. Like, I can't do it. I know. Michael like, takes I, care I of all that for me. I can't do that. I don't even no. think about it. Michael takes care I of it. It comes it. out of his paycheck, and we just... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all in there, blah, blah, blah. So, like I said, it's really unclear. Some said four. Some said six. Yeah. Everything, I'm believing six, and that they're not, you know... I don't know why they're not counting Jenny or Philip. Right. That makes no sense because Philip's one that she was rumored to actually have got pregnant with and had. So yeah. I'm not sure. So then they moved to the house. When they moved to the house, you know what, Marissa, would happen? Did Tragically, I know they're fire. And the house fire? would burn down and she would get $4,000. Uh -huh. I'm reading over this. This is a lot of insurance policies and a lot of this. Can you, I mean, seriously though? A lot of insurance and a lot of this. I see on June 13, 1900, Guinness and her family were counted on the United States Census. Mm -hmm. Who did she count then? In Chicago, recording her as the mother of four children, of whom only two were living, Myrtle and Lucy. Also, counted was an adopted 10 year old girl jenny identified as morgan i don't know what that is Mor is, is that on wikipedia though because sometimes oh, I don't. morgan couch but it was later known as jenny okay also. on july 30th so like a month later 1900 albert sorson died on the day yeah, so Mads died, and what day was that? I can't remember. What was the July date? July 30th. So I know that, okay, on July 30th, and what was the year? Uh, 1900. 19, yes, because it was the year before. I'll tell you what happened next. I was like, I had that, I lost that page of my notes, but anyway, I remember it. So he would have Mads. One you day. can tell them about his death in a second, but, so on the day, I want to tell, I'll get you to read them what, how he passed, mm -hmm. but on that day, coincidentally, they had took out a new insurance policy, yeah. and the old insurance policy were both active on that one day overlapping. One would end at midnight mm -hmm. while the other one began that morning. Mm -hmm. So for that one day of July 30th, she, if something was to happen to him, to, she would get to, paid both insurance policies. Two life insurance policies overlapping. Yes. So tell us about Madden's death, Marissa. The first doctor to see him thought he had suffered from... Citron poisoning? Never heard of that. However, Searson's family treated him for an enlarged heart and... His family physician? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. His BCP. And concluded that the death had been caused by heart failure. An autopsy was considered unnecessary because the death well, was because not the first, suspicious. Because the first person considered it suspicious and then Belle was like, no, 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 it's not. We saw a regular primary. Yeah. So then her primary came in and backed her up and rolled it like, his health issues, like, like a heart. so she poisoned his ass. We all know yeah. she did. Because women kill, laughing. So, so people kill for different reasons, but most women kill for gain. Like, what can I get out of this? Right. Clearly, Beth, uh, Belle, I keep calling her Beth, Belle killed for money. She called for wealth. Like, growing up young, she just had this desire, I read over and over and over, to feel like she was somebody. To be something. Well, she figured out this insurance scheme. Okay, so store burns, get money. House burns, get money. Kids die, get money. Husband dies, get money. So every time her life is improving, right? 
and her financial wealth and security is improving each time. And at this point, no one is suspicious, really. I mean, a few people are talking around, like, especially with the fire before this. Yeah. But that's going to end the talking in Chicago because in 1901, she took her hefty little insurance money that, um, sorry about that, guys. She took her hefty little insurance policy and bought a farm and bought a 40 acres farm in 1901 in La Porte, Indiana. But it says in the end she was awarded $8,500, which today would be $240,000. Yeah, for, for him? Yeah. Yeah, that, and she took and bought this 40-acre farm outright. But um, it said that his husband suspected that she poisoned him uh, to collect the insurance, uh -huh. but there was no charges filed because I guess they couldn't prove it. They couldn't prove it, yeah. The, uh, no, no autopsy. autopsy. Yeah, his family suspected that yeah. it wasn't natural causes, but... There's no proof, so... When she bought the farm on the outskirts of Laporte, Indiana, it was reported that the that both the boat and the carriage houses burned to the ground shortly after she gained the property. Oh, wow. I didn't see so, that, or I didn't overlook it. As she was preparing to move from Chicago to Laporte, she became reacquainted with a recent widower named Peter, Pete. also from Norway, and a butcher by profession. Yes. And that's when she married him on April 1st of 1902. Yes. So he would go on to be her second husband. And um, his last name was Gunnis. So he is actually the last yes. name she's known by because but she's she Belle Gunnis and he was Peter Gunnis. She took his name and she kept it even after his, as we will learn, passing. Oh, so this is the part, though, just a week mm -hmm. after the ceremony, that's Peter's it. infant daughter would die. Like she would pass away, of too. uncertain causes. Of uncertain, while alone in the house with Belle. In December of 1902. So Peter um, himself just, you know, he took this as a tragic accident, like an unexplained, like, you know, what happened to him? He took that as like the baby. No, I'm what I'm reading. Oh, yeah. I'm like, he took the, he took the baby, he took her word at like, you know, like SIDS or yes. unexplained infancy death. Right. And it could Turns been, out, but... I mean, it could have been, but with her track mother, and we already know yeah. she's lost two children. Yeah. We already know That's very that this is very suspicious, that within one week, all I'm saying is if I marry you and I trust you with my child and within one week my child's dead. I don't trust nobody. So this marriage, though, to Mr. Gunnis would be short-lived. Very short. Very short. Very, very. Like six months. How do you get struck in the head? So. How does that happen? Well, because, you know, that her thing was something was up on the shelf. And it was one of his butchering tools, because like we said, it was a butcher by profession. And it fell off and conked him in the head. A sausage grinding machine yep. had toppled off a high shelf in the kitchen. But when the coroner looked at the body, he alleged... This is a case murder. of murder. This and is a case of murder. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many times have I got concussions and survived? Well, to make things worse, Belle's own daughters would be telling her classmates that their mom killed her dad. I, I would say that too, yeah. So I've got, I don't know how many concussions in the so same spot. So, because of this, there would be an investigation. But Belle was able to charm her way out of it and convince them that this was just a, a, an absolute accident, even though his family would say he was very professional. There is no way. And a child even said, my mom hit my dad over the head with yes, a Yes, I told you. He, she was at school telling people, yeah. my mom killed my dad. And that's why there was that accident i mean that investigation yeah. but it would result nowhere because beth was, was really so good convincing. at convincing people and manipulating men because as we said she went back to her beauty and how all these tragic things have just happened to her and she's this poor pitiful single mother an immigrant all this bad has happened to her so guess who she got an insurance policy on well, Peter. Peter. She only got three thousand this time though but i mean they were only married from that's april december dollars in today yeah so that's still but the local, this one though, the local people just refused to believe that her husband was clumsy enough for something like that yeah. to happen. I did see old Peter's brother, Gus, took Peter's older daughter, Swan, Swan Hill, to Wisconsin. And she uh -huh. was the only child to survive to live with Bill. Yes, because wow. she was his biological child. Because remember, he was a from, widow, Peter yeah, was. From her. So, and he had two daughters. The first one died within a week of Belle coming into their life. Well, I'm surprised life. she lasted a year. Well, um, who lasted a year? It says a year later, Peter's brother took the older girl. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised so I'm she lasted a year, a year, too. 
Maybe well, she, she maybe had just she got his older. money. Well, she probably, but she had just got his money. So she didn't really, you know, she just got this $3,000. It'd be a little suspicious if his first daughter died, he died. And then, because she was very cunning. We will learn she was very cunning with her manipulations and the things she did. Dennis did not mention that she was pregnant, despite the possibility that it might have inspired sympathy. And this was the one child that was rumored that she birthed, yeah, which was Philip Guns. But he sadly... He would never see his father because he would pass. I mean, dad. he would be yeah. born after his father's yeah. death. He wasn't born until May and his dad had died in December. Mm. Then, so, so far, just to tally it up for us, speculate, allegedly, because she was, you know, allegedly she did these things. So, allegedly, she's already committed arson a few times. Worse than that, though, she's already killed two husbands and possibly three children. Two of hers mm-hmm. and one of her late husband. Peter. Yep. So, at this point, we know you were a cold-hearted bitch. All right. Killing a man is one thing, but you didn't kill your babies. Yeah, babies. Like that's just unreal. Any so, but you know, running a pig farm like they had is hard. It's hard work. A bunch of girls. You know, um, it's rumored that she had been pregnant with you know mm-hmm. Philip. Like it's a lot of work. So at this time, what are they going to do? They're going to hire someone, right? Well, they hire a young farmhand. That this young farmhand wasn't interested in Belle. He was interested in Jenny. Mm -hmm. He was said to have even said that he loved Jenny. He wanted to have a life with Jenny. Well, Belle just couldn't stand this. The fact that Jenny could leave, that she could be happy, that she could, you know, get married and have a family and be happy Mm -hmm. when she had never got that. So out of jealousy of her own daughter, it is speculated she would murder Jenny, Mm -hmm. bury her on the farm, stage it even with the boyfriend that Belle was away in california going to college with some family relatives but she did have children she did get married she did have all this but she didn't marry for love and well, i mean they may have but obviously they loved her that was your own fault i just think she couldn't stand the defective. fact yeah she was defective she couldn't stand the fact that just someone else could go out in the world and be loved and be happy you so we're just cold and callous that's your own fault, man. And disgusting. Yeah. So, eventually, obviously, he would leave, too, because, you know, I don't know if he really bought the story, or maybe he was just so heartbreaking he couldn't stand to be there. Right. So, then, um, Belle would go on to hire Ray. And Ray was said to be very infatuated with her. Obsessed, actually. He... Well, because right out, not long after he moved in and began working with her, she would um, sn- drink at night and then sneak into his room and have sexual relations with him. He's just got crazy eyes. He does have crazy eyes. And we'll post like, a picture of everybody. Crazy eyes. And then it would, um, the rumors were flying about this because when Ray would get drunk, he would also be in town boasting of how, you know, he was going to be the one to marry her. And, you know, they were in love, blah, blah, blah in town. But Ray wouldn't be enough for her. She wanted something more. So soon she began looking for new suitors. She did this by advertising in the newspaper. So Craigslist today. The Craigslist of that time. She literally became putting personal ads. And this is a tidbit of her, one of her personal ads. I quote, Calmly widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with the view of joining futures. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers do not need not apply. You're a trifler. So basically what she's saying is you got to come here with money too because I got this big farm. You can't come here. And if you can't come in person, don't even write me. Right. Because if you're not willing to come see me, no matter where you are, right. don't even write me. Right. And if you're broke, don't even come. Don't even come because it's yeah, not happening. It ain't worth the time. So several middle-aged men were responding to Gunnis's ads. And within no time, Best was awfully, awfully seen going on carriage rides with strangers. Um, she wore the finest clothing. Her hair was always done in the latest style. She was usually accompanied by a handsome man. 
And this was so different from like the farm woman they were had been used to seeing on the, the daily. And now she's all in the overhauls. Yeah, like you would think. <laughs> and now she's all dolled up and mm-hmm. because it goes yeah. back to this, she was beautiful. It said yeah. well into her forties, like forty one, which she would have been around this time. Mm-hmm. She still was a very attractive woman for her time. She was still physically fit. She was still strong as an ox. She still had her figure. Because you gotta move, she only birthed one kid. You gotta go around murdering people. I mean, that's a lot of work, right? Disposing bodies, I you might be fit. So one of these men was John Moe, who arrived in Minnesota first, in Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Actually, he had brought more than a thousand dollars with him to pay off her mortgage. So he had told the neighbors to whom Gunnis introduced him to as that. Um, yeah, she introduced him as her cousin. Even though she had him there you know as a suitor. I won't say who it sounds like, but um, I'll tell you after the call. Okay. So I had the same encounter. So, of course, so when he would di- when he would disappear within a week of his arrival, she would just oh. tell people that he went home. Uh-huh. But he gave her $1,000 to pay off so, her mortgage. Uh, so, he he's buried on the farm. Next came George Anderson from Missouri. He would also pay the mortgage off. If they decided to wed. But I thought the mortgage was hurt. Maybe she didn't use the money. Probably not. Maybe she killed that him. Was... Yeah. She just took his thousand dollars. Which one I'm sure thousand dollars was quite a bit it had to be. Right. If three thousand was eighty one, it would have to be twenty thousand yeah. dollars roughly. Yeah. Sorry, I was thirsty, guys. So he would tell her that if they married, she would he would pay off the farm. Well that night though, Anderson oh. awoke startled to yeah, see Belle standing over him peering into his eyes, holding a candle in her hand. He literally stated the expression on her face was sinister and murderous. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He let out, he said that he yelled and ran out of the room immediately without saying, no, it said that she yelled and ran out of the room immediately without saying a word to him. Feeling terrified and uncomfortable? Uh, yeah. She be- he what? Anderson believed that she was trying to kill him. Yeah, thank you. He, he quickly jumped out of bed, threw his clothes on without saying goodbye, and fled the house and ran away. So you're, you survived. And he got on the first train out of there to Missouri. And he never, never even came back for his stuff. Nah, nah, man. Nor did he ever speak to her again. Nah, me either. So he, you know what? She underestimated that he was a light sleeper because she had got away with it so many times at this point. But now let's talk about Ray just a little bit, though, because he comes into matter. So, mind you, in between all these suitors, she's still manipulating, and she's keeping Ray on the burner. She's still sleeping with him. She's still using him. He's still working at the farm. farm, So he's still useful for now. But at this point, Ray is in love with her. He doesn't like, he's became very jealous. He doesn't like all these men's suitors coming, and he doesn't understand what she needs with them because she has him. And he has literally, I mean, she's a psycho. But at this point, when it comes to her, he has crossed that threshold too into stalkerish. And it's because, but she's manipulating him. Mm -hmm. She's telling him, you know, oh, I love you. I just have to do this for images, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So the suitors would just keep coming though. None of them besides Anderson would ever leave that farm alive. And she began coincidentally getting large trunks delivered to her home. Day and night, she mainly kept to herself, and the shutters were closed. But she would have these long, I mean, these large trunks delivered. But then there would, the truck would go, the trunk would go away, and then there would be more. Because she was using them as caskets. She was burying bodies. That's what she was burying bodies in. Um, I haven't told you guys this yet, but she was speculated to have a head count of somewhere around 40 people. Yeah, I mean, like, she was an horrific killer. Mm. And I don't know if there's ever a good reason to kill, but I mean, it was clearly for her just financial gain. It was, I didn't say financial. And next, another widow would appear. Ole B. Budsberg. He was last seen alive in LaPorte Savings Bank on April 6th of 1907 when he mortgaged his Wisconsin land there signed over a deed and obtained several thousand dollars in cash for bail. Hmm. Um, his children, Burgard's fan- sons would say, they had no idea their dad had even went to meet her. When they finally discovered him 
his destination. Yeah, they wrote her, and she promptly responded saying, I've never seen your father. Of course. So she just completely denied, even though he had went to the bank and more, you know, there's no cameras then, though, so. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be able to prove it, right? Hmm. Several other men would appear and disappear. And, but, remember, Ray's still there. Mm -hmm. And he's still jealous, jealous, jealous. Mm -hmm. That jealousy is not going away. So, in December of 1907, Andrew, how do you say his name? Hill. Hilligan? Yeah, Hilligan. A bachelor farmer from South Dakota wrote her and was warmly received. The pair exchanged many letters until a letter arrived that overwhelmed Andrew that was dated for January 13 of 1908. Do you want to read the letter, Marcia? Let me see. Do you have it? This letter was letter found in Holligan's farm. I have it. Oh, okay. To the dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can't tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take long to tell when you like a person and you I like better than anyone in the world. Of course. I know. <laughs> Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You, the sweetest man in the whole world, will be alone with each other. You can conceive of anything nicer, I think of you constantly. When I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you. <coughs> dear or, children. Right. Or I hear myself humming in the words of an old love song. It, It's beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats wild ruptures for you. My Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. Forever in the dirt, my friend. My, one of the dearest children. Like, that is sad because they are sweet kids. Are. I mean, they are innocent. But, not to her. but she just, they're pawns. Yeah. She uses them because having these kids makes her look more vulnerable. Like, more sympathy. Yeah. It took, and with that, she's able to manipulate people mm-hmm. easier to go ahead and take on and convince these people to come because, I mean, who's going to think that the right. woman's out here, this poor widowed mother? Is out here murdering everybody. Because mind you, the men that are coming are strangers. They don't know. Right. And she, it's not like she's got them gallivanting around talking to townspeople. In response to her letter, Helligan rushed to her side in January 1908. He had with him, of course, a check, $2,900. Which we know was about $80,000 yep. from earlier. From his savings, which he had drawn from his local bank. A few days later after he had arrived, he and Guinness appeared at the savings bank in Laporte and deposited the check. At this time, Belle started to have problems with her farmhand, Ray. All right, here you go. See, I keep telling you. Go ahead. Ray was deeply in love with Guinness and performed any of her chores for her, no matter how gruesome. I wonder if he was part of it. No, later on, he's going to give a deathbed confession. And that's how, honestly, we're going to find out about And there were speculations, but Ray later on is in his confession to the things that he knows about. But he was never a part of it. He, he wasn't just, a part of it, okay. but the things he knows about later and he tells. Okay. So he knew. No, she he... kept him there as a laborer and okay. to use for sexual things when okay. no one else was around. Because you gotta oh. think there's a gap between the men. Mm-hmm. Even though it is a revolving door. Mm-hmm. And I am honestly surprised in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. that would be scandalous. Yeah. To have that many suitors come yeah. around. I mean, these townspeople. I mean, that, that would be. I hell. mean, they had, that would be scandalous today. Yeah. I mean, I can. Can you imagine the things they'd say? I can imagine the things I they'd think, say. I know the things I I'd think say. I'd be saying. So, I mean, but 1908, this had mm. to be like completely scandalous. Mm. So, anyway, he was jealous of the many men who arrived at court to his employer and endured most of these attentive strangers up to the time. However, when he was introduced to Andrew, Bell's new husband to be, he made a scene, and Bell promptly fired him on February 3rd of 1908. A few days later, Helligan was gone, but Guinness appeared at the bank to make an additional $1,200 deposit. Shortly after disappearing, she presented herself at Laporte County Courthouse, declaring that her former employee was not right in his mind and was a menace to the public. <laughs> Bam, are you sure you're not talking about so yourself? So she literally would call repeatedly. I think I read that she would call three or four Authorities. times. Authorities? Yes. And get him in, um, for trespassing. 
And every time he would get in trouble, go to jail, and he would come right back. Somehow she convinced local authorities to hold a sanity hearing. Yeah. Wow. But was pronounced sane and released. Guinness was back a few days later. I to told you. To the sheriff that Ray had visited her farm, argued with her. She contended that he posed a threat to her family and ar- was arrested for trespassing. Despite the arrest, he returned. I told to you. He just keeps coming back. But she drove him away. He confided to a neighboring farmer on one occasion. Elegance. Again, won't be a bother no more. Yes. We fixed him, him for keeps. Did you kill? I don't yeah. know. But for Helligan's brother, Asel, uh-huh. the matter was far over. Disrupted when Andrew Disturbed. Felt, oh. I know. You're right. We can't read I, y'all. Well. We got problems this morning. It's long. <laughs> when Disturbed Andrew, when Andrew <laughs> failed to return home. Yep. And some of it is my notes and all that. You know, I don't exactly guys give her the best notes sometimes. Asel wrote to Bell asking about her and his belongings and whereabouts. Guinness wrote back telling him that his brother was not on the farm and probably went to Norway to visit relatives. Of course. Because, you know, he was Norwegian too. Because she was, that's yeah. the one thing I first said. When she's placing a lot of yeah. these personal ads, she's doing them in like Norwegian papers. Mm-hmm. Because she's seeking out people even though they're from, that yeah. live here, she's still sticking out people from her, from Norway. Her motherland. From her motherland. Right. Not but, my motherland. That's not right. my motherland. But I mean, I the wouldn't hers. mind seeing Norway. It's probably beautiful. But the brother didn't believe. He did not believe. And thought he was still And this is where she area. made a mistake. Because this was the one. To come look for him. That his, he would help search. Yeah. That his brother was not, like if you were gone. I'm not giving up. You're not going to tell me she's not there. I'm coming. Wow. So, um. Help with the search, but that if she was involved, Asel should pay her for her her efforts. efforts. So, she wants to help look for the person that she said probably went to Norway, but you have to pay me. Wow. You little slimy So, next she presented herself to the lawyer in LaPorte, telling him she feared for her life and her children because of Ray. She said that he had threatened to kill her and burn her house down. And she wanted to make out a will in case something happened to her that her children would be taken care of because she was just so afraid that will that Ray would end her life and she needed her children to be provided for in that case. Let me roll my eyes. Y'all can't see it, but I did. Don't believe that. That's just trying to make herself look good again to the authorities. So we got this Ray situation going on. He's been fired though, and it's all went downhill with him, right? So then in February of 1908, she hired another farmhand, Joe. Maxon to help her on the farm. A couple of months later, Joe awoke in the early hours of April 28, 1908, smelling of smoke in his room on the second floor of the Gunnis house. He opened the hall door in a sheet of flames and screamed Gunnis's name. He opened the door and all these fire and he starts yeah. screaming for bail and the children, but there's no responses. He slammed his door then in his underwear, jumped from a second, second story, story window, window, barely surviving the fire that was closing in around him. I mean, he was so desperate. He was hey, in his I draws think... and jumped off the... Hey, look, I, I don't want to burn. If you tell me I'm just going to break something, I'm going. Right. So, of course, you got to remember, it's 1900, so you can't just call somebody. Not you even gotta, on a house line. Most gotta, of them to have him. So, he had to run to town run in his down. underwear. Hey, there. To tell them the house was on fire. And four people were inside. So, when they come, they go down to the basement. Yep. And they find the bodies of four people. Who's the hell? Three children of a woman. and a woman, but the woman that they're saying is Belle is missing her head. That's what I'm saying. Who is this? Well, and this my woman? take on this is I, I, someone that she's found and murdered. But my take on this is she. You remember how she kept talking about Ray was going to kill her? My thing is she wanted it. She in her mind it was going to look like she was going to burn down her house and her and her killer. Her kids were going to die of smoke in the fire, and then he was going to her head would be headless because he had murdered her first. And then killed her. So, like, she was trying to frame him that, like, Ray did this. He murdered me I get that and killed part. my kids. But are the children actually her children? Are they other children? I'm... No, no, they're hers. They're her children. Oh, so she she murdered her children. Oh, so, at this point, okay. she has now killed. So, so if we remember, she had six. So, Jenny died. Axel and Caroline died at birth. Mm-hmm. That left Myrtle, Lucy, and Philip on, that, on April 28th of 1908. Whoa. Her final three children would pass in the fire. Oh, man. And this lady that we have no idea who it is. Without a head. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm assuming and speculation is that 
she just man, she plotted killed that. someone. She just plotted that to the T. And it's because they did. The sheriff actually sent someone to arrest Ray for her murder. What in the world? He denied having anything to do with the fire, claiming that he was nowhere near the farm when the blaze occurred. However, a neighbor boy said that he had seen Ray running down the road from Gunness's house just before the structure erupted into flames. Hmm. He was arrested and charged with murder and when his cries of innocence failing on deaf ears. Hmm. First, the investigators believed the bodies to be Belle Guinness and her three children, Myrtle, age seven, Lucy, age nine, and Philip, age five. So they're baby babies. babies. Baby. All of her children, though. You think even know, Jenny, even, even Jenny was only like 14 yeah. at this time. Like, because you think getting, you know, being yeah. 14 is a lot older in 1900s than it is today. Because right. I can't imagine Carol Colby being in this relationship. Right. Like, what? I mean, at 14, I still wanted to play in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, boys were not my mind. But, I might have been a late, we were probably farm kids or late. You know, lots of farm kids are just late bloomers. From the start, there was questions as whether the headless corpse was that of Belle Guinness, the woman in the fire, approximately five three tall and weighed about 125 pounds. And if we know, she was five seven to five nine and 200 pounds. Yeah, that would be like someone trying to say that you, you or me, yeah, or that I was you because yeah. we're four inches apart and high. Yeah. How tall are you? Five one, five two, like, and that. I'm five seven. Yeah. Five, six, five, seven. So, so that would literally be like someone's trying to say. Frames, different Yeah, someone's shapes. trying to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. Yeah, nobody'd believe that I'm Marissa. I don't have an yeah. ass. And she's got all the ass. I got ass for Just days. saying. Seems really selfish. Hey, I did not ask for it. So the local dentist stepped in that he could make an identification if any dental work could be found. There ain't no head. That's what I was about to say. How are you going to find dental work? There's no head. So, the investigators they sift through the bridge and they found a piece of bridge work. And because of that bridge work, the dentist was able to say, yep, that's her. And they just took it at face value, even though this woman was at least four inches shorter and a lot and 75 to 80 pounds smaller. The farmers and several friends who said, that is not Bill. Nope. But remember now? Remember Andrew's brother, Asel? Mm -hmm. He ain't gave up. He, as that investigation was going on, he arrived in LaPorte from South Dakota, and he told the sheriff that he believed his brother Andrew had melt foul play on the, at Gunness's hands. He also stated that Andrew had answered an ad from Bell. She had paid, I can't talk, placed in a Norwegian personals ad. As we said, the personals, Norwegian mm -hmm. ones. Um, Bell offered true love, as we read the letter, and mm -hmm. wedded bliss but also mentioned a quick thousand that she needed to pay off her mortgage. Right. When Andrew left his home, he withdrew his life savings from the bank and has never been heard from again. Hmm. And so he just wasn't giving up. He was convinced that something happened to his brother, that she knew where he was. So let's search. So that's what they did. Well, yes. He convinced the sheriff to go help him start searching the farm. They're going to find lots of people. Lots of bones. So in Belle's home, as um, lots of people watched as they began to dig for her head, for her head first, and then they would find eight men's watches, assorted bones, human teeth. Um, he searched the property on his own and shouted to the men, "Start digging the rubbish hoe in Bell's hog pen." All right. God, are why are people always feeding people to pigs? Here we are again with that pig. I know. So um, they began turning it, and they found four bodies right then. Skillfully sliced apart and wrapped in an oil cloth. So I'm assuming that's like a cheesecloth kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, I would think. I would think so. And one of the bed, the bodies was Andrew that they did come across. Then Joe came, of course. Remember, he's the one that yep. got away. Yep. He came forth to tell them about what had happened. That could not be ignored. And, um, oh my good. Ordered him to bring loads of dirt. Yes. So the handymans were telling, turning on her then and telling her, like, hey, that they, they were having to dig and cover all these holes with these trunks in them and things. Hmm. And I'm like, what in the absolute hell is going on? So they began to dig. Mm -hmm. On May 3rd in 1908, the diggers unearthed the bodies of Jenny Olson, mm -hmm. who had vanished in 1906. So as we said, yep. her first daughter. That just... This one right here, this one kills me. 
to Small know bodies of two unidentified children. This one though with Jenny before we go on just kills me the most because to think of like all that she did and said because she wanted to be a mother yeah. so bad. I mean, maybe once she got kids, she just didn't have any Mother. motherly instincts like she thought she would. Mm-hmm. And not that that's a reason to. I mean, you're adopting these kids. You don't have to do that. Right. You don't have to take them in just to kill them. And who are the kids that they... It do- they found small bodies of two unidentified children. Um, I guess at this point, because it never says clearly when she murdered mm-hmm. or when Caroline and Axel had died. Oh. So I'm assuming... Maybe that's why some of the speculation is four kids, some six kids. Oh, okay. But when you go into the deep dives of like the history of this town, mm. they identified that she had that um, Axel and Caroline, mm. which kills me because I love my sweet Caroline, had died during infancy. Mm-hmm. So that's probably it. So those that could be identified were, do you want to give the list or you want me to? O.B. Budsberg of Wisconsin and disappeared in May of 1907. Thomas had left Chicago and had gone to work as a hired man for Guinness three years earlier. Yep. Henry from Wisconsin had gone to wed her a year earlier, taking 1500 A watch corresponding to one belonging to Gutherford was found with a body. Olaf. Someone's read the name Olaf. Oh, that's cute. From because Chicago. Think they're Norwegian. Oh, yeah, I guess so. John Moe from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. His watch was also found in her possession. There's another Olaf. Another Olaf. Age 35 from Wisconsin. Benjamin Carling from um, Chicago was last seen by his wife on 1907 after telling her that he was going to look for it to to secure an investment with a wealthy widow. He had with him $1,000 from an insurance company that he had borrowed money from several investors in June 1908, his widow was able to identify his remains from the little port property. Wow. With a school and three missing teeth. Wow. 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 And then the list goes on. The identifies bodies and unsolved mysteries that would emerge from the ruins would make headlines across the Midwest. Many reports of missing men began to pour in from surrounding Midwestern states. And the relatives began to appear all over the region to claim bodies. All of them told of a lonesome brother's uncle's cousins answering Bell's ads and traveling, hopefully, to Laporte with their life savings stuffed in their pockets. Some of them, most undoubtedly, were victims. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of men. Christy uh, Dover of Wisconsin sold his farm and came to Laporte in 1906. Charles, a 28- 28-year-old Scandinavian immigrant from Philadelphia told his friends that he would visit Gunnis in June of 1906 and never returned. He had been working as a saloon saloon keeper and took 500 with him. John McJunkin of Pittsburgh left his wife in December of 1906 after corresponding with a LaPorte woman. Mm. Way to go, John. Yep. Another Olaf. He told his relatives in 1906, Bert Chase of Indiana sold his butcher shop and told friends of a wealthy widow that was going to go look up, going to look up. His brothers received a telegram supposedly in South Dakota claiming Bert had been killed in a train wreck. Wow. Um, A hired man, Greg Bradley of Illinois also would meet the welder and her three children in October of 1907 and go missing. T.J. Tyflin in 1907. Frank Reedger in 1907. Wow, not M. Tell in 1907. Lee Porter of Oklahoma. It doesn't give the year for him. No. He had separated from his wife and told his brother he was to marry a wealthy widow in LaPorte. Probably say 1907, probably. Probably. John Hunter from Pennsylvania. In November of 1907, after telling his daughters he was going to marry a wealthy widow in northern Indiana, Abraham Phillips, a railroad worker from West Virginia, left in the winter of 1907 to go to northern Indiana and marry a wealthy widow on the railway. Um, what? Um, debris? Hold on. Northern Indiana marry a wealthy widow. A railway watch. A railway watch. Mm-hmm. I, kept, I kept getting tongue-tied. Railway watch. Was found like in the house yes. of the debris of the burning that she had had in her possession. Mm-hmm. 
um, reported of other unnamed victims may have been a daughter of Miss H. Wizard of Toledo, Ohio, who had attended a university near LaPorte in 1902, an unknown man and woman allegedly to have disappeared in 1906, the same night Jenny Olson hmm. would go missing. But they were the couple, remember, that she had claimed uh, she had sent her to California with. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Got to make the story go, right? Yeah. A brother of Miss Jenny Graham of Wisconsin who had left her to marry a wealthy woman in LaPorte, a hired man from Ohio whose name is unknown. Next would be an unidentified body, a hired man um, um, that they weren't able to identify right. but estimated his age to be around 50. Mm -hmm. He had um, came to the farm and, well. Looks like she gained a horse and buggy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. From She's him. getting something from everybody. Mm -hmm. Another un unnamed man from Montana. There's several horses and buggies. Yep. Most of, like I said, um, they the way that she took them to the basement, chopped them up, put them in the pig pen, they were able only to piece together 14 bodies. So there's a lot of unidentified victims. And it's even said that her head count is 40. Estimated. Later, we're at an estimated 40. So later on, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go to Ray. So Ray was arrested, right? Right. Even with all these discrepancies, even with someone bringing the point during his trial that the bridge was probably planted, they convicted him and sentenced him to prison in 1908 for two to 21 years. Yeah, in crazy. November of 1908, Ray, though, would go on to die little over a year later, December 30th of 1909. But before his death, he had wrote down a letter of confession. In his statements, he revealed the details of Gunness's crimes and swore she was still alive, as mm -hmm. we all think. Right. Why wouldn't she? Look at all the money she had tucked away. Mm -hmm. He also swore that um, this to his fellow inmates, that he had not murdered everyone, but he had helped Belle bury the victims. Mm-hmm. And um, that you, as we said, she would carry them down to the basement, right. chop them up, throw them in the pig pen. Right. Some of them, others, she would bury in those trunks they would find after they were cut up. She's still cutting everybody up. So something about me, she must get some kind of pleasure out of. She's a dommer. Chopping people up. And to be doing this at forty-eight, like what? What are you doing, girl? Yeah, she just like right. What are you doing? Like, at what are you thinking? No, thanks. So it says um, she dissects in the basement, usually and bundled the remains, and then buried them in the hog pen. She dumped corpses into the hog scalding vent. Whatever. I don't know what that is. Oh, no. Scalding oh, the, vent. Maybe like the scalding water. Yeah. I'm just you assuming know, so. Celtics, you dip them in scalding hot okay. water. Okay. I didn't know that. So that makes sense. Yeah. So. I mean, that's like the country way to do it, I guess. Probably be the back then way. <laughs> And, oh, my God, it even says he, Ray even goes on to say that sometimes when she just didn't feel like doing it, she would just chop them up and feed them to the pigs. I told you it goes back to the feeding people. Willie. Willie. Yep. Back to Willie. Yep. He also cleared up the um, question of that. What did you were curious about, Marissa? The headless woman. So who was the headless woman, we believe? Uh, Belle Lord, this woman from Chicago. On the pretense of hiring her as a housekeeper. Only days before, she decided to make her permanent escape from Laporte. Guinness, according to Ray, had drugged the woman, then bashed her in the head. Once she's dead, she decapitated the body, tied weights to the head, and disposed of it in a swamp. She then dragged the corpse to the basement, dressed it in her own clothing, removed her false teeth, and then placed them beside the headless corpse to ensure that it would be identified as Belle Guinness. She also chloroformed her, her children, children, smothered them to So, death. if there is a bright side to this, I am so glad they were, they were dead out. before the house yeah. caught on fire and that they did not burn alive. I mean, if there is any, if there's any mercy that she showed, thank she, God she chloroformed her children, at least. But they, they weren't really dead. They were just passed out. Chloroform doesn't kill you. It makes but you pass at out. At least they didn't know what was happening, you know? No, she smothered them. She chloroformed okay, them and smothered no, them. That's right. Then smothered them. Then she torched the small brick farmhouse and, and fled. fled. Ray was waited for her at the designated... He waited for her out of the road. At the space. After the fire was set. set. So, so that, she never but, showed up. 
So that's why. But instead, she cut across open fields and disappeared into the woods. So he was so there he was that there night because he was it, to be he was going to help her get away. Yeah. But she played him, too. She got yeah. all these things from him, and so then she ditched him, too. He technically was there. So the former handyman also stated that Bill had become a very rich woman by his account and said that she had murdered 42 men and taken amounts from them ranging from 1000 to 32000 by the time she disappeared. He estimated that she accumulated more than 250000 through her murder. How much would that be today, Marissa? $6.7 today. Wow, that's roughly a lot of money. Yeah, the investigators had previously checked her bank accounts and through... And, and though a small amount was remaining in one of her savings accounts, the money in all the other accounts had completely been withdrawn shortly before the fire, suggesting that the evil woman had created a great hoax and evaded the law. Well, no shit. Man, right I mean, I'm glad you. the police finally caught up with the rest of us that have right. been knowing. So the next several decades, she was allegedly seen all over the country, even as late as 1931. She was reported to be alive in, in a Mississippi town. Oh. She pro she supposedly owned a great deal of property there in Mississippi and was a prominent citizen, which we all know could be true. She was an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. She had money. Back then, it would be so easy to create yourself a new name and new and just you get a new name. Blah blah blah. Here I am. That's what she did. And th that's exactly in 1931. Um, she also could have been a woman in California as Esther Carlson. Yes. Who was arrested in California for poisoning August uh, Lindstorm, a Norwegian, a Norwegian American man, man, on February 9th of 1931 for his funny. Two people had known Dennis claimed to recognize her from photographs in her possession, but the identification was never proved. Carlson died on May 6, 1931, while waiting trial. Of the so, the, the, so lots of people believe that that's that was well, her. That, that was her. Yeah. Um, just because the whole Poison, yeah. Norwegian, yeah, that it that could fits, have been her. It fits her. Other remains found at the murder site. The bodies of Bell's three children and several other suitors were identified. The headless adult female corpse was never pro positively identified. In the belief that the headless corpse was in fact Bell's Guinness, the remains were buried next to Bell's first husband. Mads. So you just buried this poor woman next to this strange man. On November 5th, 2007, with yes. permission of descendants of Bell's sister, the headless body was exhumed from the grave by a team of forensic anthropologists and graduate students from the University of Indianapolis to learn the true identity. It was initially hoped that a sealed envelope flap uh, letter found at the victim's farm would contain enough DNA to be compared to the body. Unfortunately, that was not enough DNA, and the mystery remains unsolved. What wow. In the world? So they don't know who the body is. Obviously, the body is not that, her. That woman. That I mean, I think it's cool that they had the hope that they could once and for all say, like, and maybe give that woman yes. back her name because she deserves her identity. Right. She deserves a proper burial. But um, at least Mads isn't buried by the evil woman that murdered him. Right. So six children, two husbands, many suitors, farmhands, women, couples. I mean, Belle didn't have a preference. Nope. So to think, though, Long tell me when you hear the story about, when you hear about Belle and all that, and there was a lot of facts, you guys, and definitely, if you want to know more about her, if you look up her, there is so much info that we did. We just tried yeah. to give you, like, the, we didn't deep dive into her victims and stuff because we'd have to do a whole series on just Belle. Right. And I don't like to make. And. It was back it all then, about so her. there might not be. There is a lot more stuff. There's not a deep dive on the people, per se. Like There's not as much dive. information on the people as we could find today. But, but think about this, though. 40 people. And that's just an estimate. Yeah. 40 people. I mean, it's pretty close to what Ray said at 42. Like, and it's not even like that was over a large amount of time. Plus the ones um, that she killed after she escaped. Yeah, and that's not even a large amount of time because let me go back and look. I can't remember the exact year now. Nineteen. When she married, um, what 19, year? Nineteen oh one. Is it nineteen oh one when yeah. she married, um, Mads? Yep. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure it's nineteen oh one. No, it was um, 1984. Uh, uh, yeah. In I mean, 1884. But you remember so they were married for like six or seven years, though. Yeah. 
because in the 1900s is when he, no, they were married for like 12 years. He passed away in 1900. They got married in 19, so they were married a well over a decade before so, she, so he was the longest survivor. So, she must so really maybe she him. really, liked him. I think at one point she probably really loved Mads and wanted a life with him. Because remember, that's who she yeah. wanted to have kids with. Yeah. That's who she loved. But then when this insurance scheme came, yeah. she already burned down two houses, but she wanted more money and needed more money. So what are you going to do? Mads has to go right. because my self-survival matters. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was because maybe this hatred for men came from you know, her attack and her suffering the miscarriage at the hand of a man. Maybe it came because she's just a cold-hearted bitch and serial killer always, and she was a psychopath that just, you know. I think she was just a psychopath, and that just flipped a switch in her head. She definitely was psychotic because the things that she did, there's no way anybody remotely sane could do. No. So, guys, we hope that you loved hearing about Belle. And we're going to link some pictures of her up and um, her kids, the ones we have, of Ray. And um, we will see you again this week. And remember, don't forget to follow us on our socials on TikTok, YouTube. YouTube. We need to finish our Patreon. Yes, yes, we do. I'm almost done. And um, I think it is actually finished, except for oh, the photos. Okay. And um, I lost my. Oh, and if you have a case you want us to do or a spooky story from Marissa, you can email us at. Screen Queens Pod at Gmail at gmail.com. Hey guys, and if you can, I struggle today with talking. So apparently I'm done talking because I just can't talk correctly. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.